Welcome to the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. My name is Sally Harrison. I'm the CEO of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce. Today, we're in the University of Phoenix podcast studio. Joining me today is Jessica Hoyce, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine from VCA Animal Hospitals. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be yeah. here today. Well, we're excited to have you here. And I know there's probably a thousand different topics that we could talk about. But we're going to talk about one in particular. Yeah, we're going to talk about heat stroke today. Yeah. So let's get into it because I know there's, a, I mean, heat stroke is a big topic in itself. So talk about what is heat stroke. So heat stroke is, by definition, some form of heat-related injury that, by true definition of stroke, has some sort of neurologic abnormality associated mm -hmm. with it. There's a bevy of other ways that you can have heat injury, heat stress, heat exertion, but stroke truly has to do with a neurologic component. Our goal yeah. is to try to prevent that from happening. Sure. There's sure. two major forms that you can have. Mm -hmm. We have the kind that everybody sort of knows about, which is don't leave your pet in a hot car, don't right. leave your pet outside in the middle of August in Arizona in 120 degree weather. Mm -hmm. That's classic heat stroke. Right. Exertional heat stroke is what I think people forget about, mm -hmm. which is the type of heat stroke that happens on days like today, right. where it's humid, but it feels pretty good outside, and we're trying to get out and be active, and we want to take our pets with us. Sure. And then we overdo it with them. Mm -hmm. And so that is the type that we see, I think, more commonly. And it tends to, a lot of times, not come from any place of malice. It entirely comes from a place of people trying to do good things with their pets. Sure, that makes sense. Talk about who is most affected. So our most affected, unfortunately, um, are our overweight patients, patients <laughs> that have other processes going on in their body. So mm -hmm. like heart disease and neurologic disease. Um, and then our, unfortunately, our brachycephalics. And those are going to be our kids with the real short faces, like bulldogs, both uh -huh. English, sure, French bulldogs, sense. boxers. They just don't exchange heat as well as we would like them to. Mm -hmm. And so they're at a higher risk. That makes sense. Um, Talk about the signs. Like, what should people look for? Yeah, so signs can range from anything really mild, like panting and anxiety, um, and more seriously, it can range to weakness, collapse, pale gums. Our goal is to try to see these signs early, and a lot of it has to do with knowing your individual dog. How mm -hmm. does your dog do normally? Sure, if you sense. notice that normally when we go for a walk, Fluffy's keeping up with me and happy and mm -hmm. a little bit panty, but not too affected. And then all of a sudden you guys are going for a walk and Fluffy is a few feet behind you mm -hmm. and more sluggish and tired and is doing that real fast, heavy pant. And a lot of times you can even see it in your pet's eyes, that nervous anxiety look. Sure. It's probably getting a little overdone or mm -hmm. hopefully we haven't passed the point of, of too far. Right. Um, so that's the time to turn back if they're little, like our little friend Milo here is, yes. who's joined us today, yes. um, picking him up and carrying him mm -hmm. back, getting him some water, kind of the early steps to try to mitigate that and prevent it from truly progressing. So what do you do if you suspect heat stroke in your pet? So I mean, picking him up, that makes sense. Yeah, we wanna try to stop activity if we're doing any at mm -hmm. that point. So again, little dogs, if you're on a hike, I'm not telling you you have to you know, you can immediately get out of the middle of the mountains. If you're seven miles mm -hmm. into a hike, sure. you can't just airlift out. Right. But we want to try to cease that activity. We want to stop, take a break, get some water, try to cool down. If you can't get out of the 
summer day Mm -hmm. trying to find an area that's cooler with some shade or some water things along those lines to try to cool yourself Mm -hmm. as well as the pet down sure it's really just trying to diminish the amount of heat they're feeling Mm -hmm. and help them get rid of it more effectively all right so it's not really just based on the temp outside it's not it's really not and that's i think probably the biggest misconception Mm -hmm. is is that you only get heat stroke in the middle of the summer right to be completely honest i see less heat stroke in the middle of the summer than i see right now because more people are aware exactly exactly people think they know about heat stroke they think they know what to do and what not to do, but they forget about humidity. They forget about 70 degrees can still get hot. And so we want to make sure that we're opening that that mm-hmm. awareness up. Sure. So we're talking about animals today. Um, what patients of yours need to stay in the hospital? So the patients that need to stay in the hospital are patients that have true neurologic signs, so that are not mentally appropriate, that maybe have collapse, that are very, very weak. We can see them come in in pretty various stages of shock as well. Uh So some of those guys need to stay with us. The nice thing is, is that staying in the hospital doesn't always mean days and days on end. Sure. Some of these guys need a few hours to come mm-hmm. hang out with me. A little and IV treatment. little IV treatment. Mm-hmm. Come on in. Get cooled down. Make right. sure that all of our blood tests and things are checking out okay. And that's, that's the best. I like when I see patients that are truly maybe more heat stressed than heat stroked. And so I what's get, the difference? So heat stress is that point where you see that anxiety, that restlessness, that maybe a little bit of weakness, that anxiety associated, but it's not truly to the point of neurologic abnormalities where the patient is less responsive. Um, and when we start to develop neurologic abnormalities, we know that the body and your organs have mm-hmm sustain some pretty significant stress as well. And so that's when we know you're probably going to need to stay a bit longer if you've reached the point of not being mentally aware Uh because your insides have probably taken a pretty good injury as well. And we need some times to reverse that. So how is heat stroke prevented? Heat stroke is prevented 100% by awareness. Okay. One, it's by knowing your pet. Mm -hmm. It's by knowing not to leave your pet in a car really at any point. There's not really any super safe temperature to leave your pet Mm -hmm. inside of a vehicle. Um, It's by knowing that pets in the garage in the summer without air conditioning are at risk of heat stroke. It's by knowing that a... Um, a doghouse outside doesn't always provide the best way of getting out of the elements. It's still hot. And sometimes it can trap the heat, particularly if it's in an area of direct sunlight. Mm -hmm. It's by making sure your pet has enough water and that if you realize, oh no, I left Fluffy outside, it's getting back home to let him in or contacting the neighbor or something Mm -hmm. to try to make sure that we get these guys back inside or in some sort of uh, a heat protected area, shade, Mm -hmm. misters, fans. It's really just by making sure that they're as comfortable as possible Mm -hmm. and by ideally trying to keep them inside as much as possible, particularly when it's really hot. Got it. So do most patients recover from heat stroke? I mean, how does this play out? Yeah, the great thing is, is that the majority of our patients recover from heat stroke. Mm -hmm. The great thing is, is a lot of times patients will come in and they look like a heat stroke Mm -hmm. and really they're actually heat stressed. They're just a little overdone Mm -hmm. and we get them those fluids, we get them cooled down and they bounce right back to me and they're bright and they're happy and they're wagging their tail (laughs) and they eat and then they want to go home um, and they want to be back with their family. 
most of our patients, if you're have had a if you have had a true heat stroke event, mm-hmm. if you're still alive at 24 hours, the likelihood is you're going to recover just fine, and we're like likely not going to have ongoing problems, which is great because yeah. heat stroke is almost always completely reversible. So. Will heat stroke affect a pet long term? I mean, is there a possibility of that? I mean, there's a low possibility of it, but it's very, very unlikely. The main concern would be if we have a pet that develops seizures Mm -hmm. from having a heat stroke event, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, your brain can then be primed to have seizures in the future. So is it possible? Yeah. Do I see it commonly? No. The majority of these guys do great. And even Mm -hmm. some of our kids that maybe struggle with just everyday (laughs) environment Mm -hmm. even them in a heat stroke event we can potentially turn it around it's not to say i haven't lost patients from heat stroke and that there can't be complications Mm -hmm. but awareness is really key and i think by the public realizing and recognizing that this is a true problem Mm -hmm. it's decreased those number of pets that we see coming in in true stroke state Mm -hmm. and it's made it so that our jobs as veterinarians become much more rewarding and that we sure. can give you back your pet in a health, healthy and happy manner. Well, that's awesome. And this is really good news. I mean, we're getting into spring now yeah. very soon and uh, doesn't take long for the weather to really ramp no, up here. it does not. And yeah. certainly that's why we want to bring awareness out here. We want to remind awesome. everybody and we want to help everybody remember that heat stroke isn't always middle of August in Arizona. Right. We want to remember that it can happen all year long and sure. kind of bring that to the forefront of everyone's mind. Great. Well, so I know that you've had some remodel. We have. So let's switch gears while you're still here. Let's talk about that a little bit. So our hospital has undergone a massive remodel over the last about 18 months. Mm-hmm. We upgraded 97% of our square footage. Uh-huh. Two stairwells did not get an upgrade, <laughs> but everything else has gotten a facelift. We've added new exam rooms. We've added, we upgraded our CT. We've added an MRI in. Um, We are adding new specialists to our team. And so we're really continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. Not only did this renovation allow us to remodel and put a facelift on our hospital, but it truly made our hospital more comfortable, not only for our patients, but for our clients as well. Mm -hmm. And that's our entire goal. Our entire goal is for everybody who comes into our hospital to have a fantastic experience. We know it's stressful. We know you don't always want to be seeing us. No, you're really the last people that pet owners want to see. And that's okay. And I am, I'm willing to own that. But my goal is, is that if you have to see us, then you have as good of an experience Sure. as possible and that whatever the outcome mm-hmm. you're happy you came and saw us sure. and and that we were able to provide you with that great experience well i thank you personally because your team has saved two of my dogs from different issues <laughs> um and i i will say that we learned very quickly about a year and a half ago that you are like one of very few places with um, anti-venom for dogs. We are, and we really pride ourselves on being able to take care of our snake bite patients effectively because that's another, I guess, heat-related injury, Mm -hmm. um, but that can have a really good outcome as long as it's effectively treated early. Mm -hmm. We just saw one this week that came in, saw us at 8 o'clock in the morning. He went home at 5 o'clock that afternoon, doing great. So um, definitely something that we pride ourselves on having available. Well, it made a huge difference. We were out in the desert and in Superior, made some phone calls, found out that you were the closest location to us. Um, Thankfully, 
we didn't run into any issues getting there. <laughs> we were driving a little quickly, but but literally we got out of our car, our, our truck, and there was somebody standing there waiting to take our dog from us. It was a, it was a great experience, and she she spent the night with you, but she came home the next morning, and she was great. Fantastic! That's yeah. our goal. We yes. want to make sure Good that, outcomes. as stressful as it may be, that hopefully everybody can yeah. can get a positive experience out yeah. of it and and come away in a better place. Anything else you want to mention? Um, not at this point, I don't think. Well, maybe we'll have you back. That would be fantastic. Awesome. I would love to come back. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, Jessica, and joining us on the Inside Business Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on the Inside Business Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your own favorite podcast website. And you can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It yeah, was fantastic. Great.